0: Stay Inspired on the Go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. One of our favorite
1: resource persons on Springboard is the Archbishop Charles Gabriel Palmerbuckle. Today we go back almost a decade to bring you our very first interview with him, under the series legends of our time in that interaction the archbishop spoke about leadership food people music and guess what his love for dancing to traditional music enjoy the experience we are talking leadership in the 21st century most reverend charles gabriel palmer buckle Born in Axim, in Ghana, is the Metropolitan Archbishop of Accra. He was ordained a priest in the Holy Spirit Cathedral in 1976 and worked for many years as a teacher and school chaplain in several Catholic education institutions of the Accra diocese. He holds a PhD in sacred theology from the Pontifical Salatian University in Rome, Italy. In 1993, he was ordained the Pioneer Bishop of the New Diocese of Coforibia. He worked there until he was ap- appointed Metropolitan Archbishop of Accra in 2005. Archbishop Charles Palmer thank you for coming. Welcome to Springboard.
2: The pleasure is mine.
1: Good to see you.
2: Overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> Our discussion today shall focus on the concept of leadership, the challenges and opportunities of the 21st century and the kind of leader our world, our nation, the home, as well as our institutions need. In the process, we also hope to touch on nationhood and patriotism and how we must relate to them in order to get the very best out of ourselves. I know these are subjects you are very passionate about, but for the benefit of our listeners, let's start by telling us a bit about yourself.
2: What do I say about myself? I um, remember at a very early age, I just wanted to be a priest hmm. for... For reasons I am yet to understand, it just fascinated me and I told my father and uh, he sent me to the seminary at the age of 13 to train to become a priest and uh, I went through it, you know, and uh, I was ordained at 26, fairly young, and I've been a priest ever since. As you were saying, I spent most of my time teaching and working with the young people. They fascinate me very much. They inspire me a lot. If I am what I am, I think I owe it a lot to the young people who challenged me. Some who did not believe I could make it. Some who have been asking questions and I don't think I have made it yet. And I also owe it to um, my parents, definitely. I think the only ones who believed that I could become a priest, when I said I wanted to become a priest at the age of eight, um... And they encourage me, my brothers and sisters. I come from a very small family of 12 children. Wow. <laughs> very small. <laughs> and we want to thank God all of them are alive. We're doing fine. So um then I have a whole lot of friends um, who've accepted me always for who I am, you know, and uh, have added on to making me what I am. So that's all I can say. I am... I am not really a self-made man. I've been made by other people.
1: Typical words from a great leader. Uh, Let me ask you. (laughs) Along the line, you did some journalistic work, I I, I believe.
2: I've always loved writing. Yes. And I used to contribute to newspapers here and there. And I did contribute to the standard at a point in time. And um, I think when the going got rough, they needed somebody's head on the chopping block. So. I put mine on the chopping block wow. for the sake of the, the church that i believed in and for the sake of a country that i have always loved as my only heritage and portion
1: we'll talk about country we'll talk about heritage as we go along but let's start with a bit more about your likes you've mentioned um you like children and we're fortunate to find that out so in the header road segment we chose to speak to children to find out what they thought about the subjects that you um, are speaking about today. But we also want to know about things like music, the arts, um, reading, of course, you mentioned writing, and then maybe even food on days when you are not fasting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I fast very much. Um, I, I love music very much. Yes. I've, I sing quite a lot. Mm. Um, I play the guitar. Mm. I did play the drums when I was in the seminary. We even had a, a seminary band called The Incredibles. Wow. And we named it Incredibles because people could not believe that people who were training seminarians to become priests could have a pop band. And we sang from, you know, James Brown, <laughs> right through to, you know, Wilson Pickett.
3: Really? In
2: those days, uh, I sang quite a lot of, uh, you know, Kenny Rogers. Um, I still sing a lot of these very popular pieces you know uh of our modern singers i i, 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 I love you, singing
1: you just might be in for a big surprise <laughs> to be the
2: oh i remember once there was a program where i i took the microphone and i sang i think it was on the tv about four years ago they okay. just couldn't believe it i <laughs> did with uh was it fritz baffo i think yeah. i did uh, i did one of the latin american pieces you know so wow. i love music very much fantastic and uh I love dancing, mm. something that many people don't believe, you know, and I love any form of dancing from typical traditional Ghanaian dancing, yes. like my mother's place, the Kuntum, I go to dance Kuntum whenever I can, the La Kuin, mm-hmm. the La People's, uh, yeah. you know, traditional festival, I yeah. dance it very willingly, Really? with ease, I dance um, a few pieces of Adwa when I can, I mean, with the, with, you know, I'm not too good at that. The ewe, uh, Agbaja. Agbaja, I'm not too good at, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. the, I can, I can do and the rest of it. No, I love every form of dancing from a classical through traditional to, to church music.
1: Mm. <laughs> so you've spun the triangle that looks, you've talked about the North, you've talked about the Nzuma bit, you talked about the Ever bit and you talked about Dawala. Why not? The, does experience span all these areas?
2: I have been very fortunate, as you said at the beginning, my mother is in Zima. You know, I was born in Aksim, so technically I am in Zima. My father was Gan, born right under the castle near Osu, you know. And um, part of his family um, hailed from Akropong. That's why one of my names is Nanobobisa. I will add it to my It name is so from Abuasa <laughs> in uh, Akropong. You know, and I know where it comes from because I have traced it all the way to that place. My grandfather had relations in uh, Francadua across the Volta,
3: mm.
2: and in Puerto Agotime. I'm going to go to Puerto Agotime to look for the people there. Recently, tracing some of our family background, that's the Buckles, we found out that their Kropong wing, which we call, you know, from Abwasan, are considered in a Kropong as they call them, Akropong Wufi Abakrampa. So it means they are from Abakrampa. That's close to my hometown. I have close. been to Abakrampa, I've been to the royal house to go and trace who my great-great-grandmother was. She was called Amponsa from Abakrampa. So um, I-, I love the fact that I'm a perfect southern Ghanaian. <laughs> then I grew up in Kumase with my father in the 50s. You know, So uh, I picked up tree very well and um, grew up in Kofridwa, where I went to school. So I speak the Achim, Jabbing, Kiyapim, trees, you know, with ease.
4: Bishop, going on to our leadership topic for today, who is
5: a leader?
2: I have actually been thinking very much about who is a leader. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is where my professional bias comes in as a church man. Mm I think Jesus gives me the answer when he says, I am the good shepherd and goes on to say that the good shepherd is one who knows his sheep. So he says, I know my sheep and mine know me. So a good leader, I think, must be first and foremost, somebody who knows those he or she is leading. Mm -hmm. And it's not just ordinary knowledge, but knows them by name And knows their weaknesses and their strengths. I think that is what to know means. And then Jesus goes on to say, I lay down my life for my sheep. Mm. I think it is required of any leader to be so committed to the purpose for which he or she is leading the people that he or she is ready to, to die for the good of the cause and for the good of the people he or she is leading. And I think the third quality I might add is that a leader must be somebody who has the ability to keep the strong and the weak together and to move in unison with them. You know, so maybe coming from my professional bias as a man of religion, Jesus gives me one of the figures of a leader and i think moses Mm. definitely in the old testament was a leader according to the heart of uh, jesus christ you know
1: so you you mentioned three clear attributes Mm -hmm. a shepherd must know the sheep and the sheep must also know the leader definitely you mentioned that there must be commitment and a willingness to die for the cause. i believe so and thirdly there must be an ability to keep the strong and the weak together would you call these some of the three key attributes a leader myself
2: i would consider them the three key attributes the others come in as the person's own uh, art of wielding these three qualities together, together to the benefit of that which he or she wants to attain that he or she wants those he or she is leading to attain with him and also um the ability as and when challenges and obstacles come by to be able to negotiate them without losing focus without losing the following of the sheep and without losing also you know um the 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 sense of commitment to what the person wants to do and achieve
1: Will that be will these um attributes be the same in the corporate world in political leadership in the family and in ministry will these attributes hold sway in all these areas
2: you have definitely touched something that is very crucial i believe very strongly that leadership begins already in the family mm mm-hmm the family requires a leader. The father of a family must be a leader. The mother of a family must be a leader. And even the children within the family have leadership to train to. So I believe that even in the family we need leaders. And we need leadership training. In fact, maybe the family is already the bedrock of leadership training. Yeah. I believe that in any society, corporate society, or just a loose society, Coming together of friends and the rest, leadership must also be exercised over there. A type of leadership. Then I believe definitely when you are dealing with politics, and if politics means the art of bringing people together to attain the well being that they really want, yeah. and at the same time bringing them further to even what they themselves may not know they need, I think. Um, this type of leadership that Jesus enunciated is needed everywhere in various aspects of life.
1: Wow. And would you say that um, they are, t- would, you, would you call them timeless? Because you, you mentioned Moses, you mentioned Jesus, and you've mentioned today the context of our lives today. Are these principles timeless in their relevance?
2: I believe they are very, very timeless. Even though if you go through the various epochs of life, They've taken on one or the other configuration. They definitely are timeless. Okay. Um, today, when you are talking about, you know, uh, corporate leadership, they talk about the principle of subsidiarity, the yeah. principle of, you know, reciprocity, the principle of uh, uh, solidarity, um, the, a whole lot of these. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's only they are putting into words that are today understandable what I believe was there already. Look at the principle of subsidiarity, which means the leader must not do everything himself yes. or herself. Just take Moses. Yes, He was sitting judging the whole tribe of Israel himself until his Jethro father-in-law Israel, know, came yeah. to him and said, look, you are killing yourself. Just select people, 70 of them, and then trust that responsibility to them. Think of it. Jethro was not one of the chosen people yeah. but God used him to advise Moses on a simple you know, tenet of uh, leadership. Yeah. Otherwise he was wearing himself totally out. You see the point? And then you have the case where Jesus, you know, chooses 12 most awkward people and puts them together. Mm-hmm. And he gives them the simplest law. And that is, whoever wants to be first among you must be your servant. Mm. So he teaches them that a, a leader in a corporate organization organization, must be ready to go down to the bottom and serve even the least. Mm. And I believe that if you have a a manager, a chief executive, you have a president who is accessible to the lowest person in his office, who is friendly to his driver, who is concerned about the messenger, you are sure that that is a good leader. So um, as I said, the qualities are timeless. It's only the, the the way we call them these days that make them rather very if I'm not using a funny word, bombastic so wow.
1: <laughs> I'm sure the young people listening to you will be very excited about your choice of <laughs> words. <laughs> Talking leadership redefined and our first topic and the, in this series is leadership in the twenty-first century, and we're hanging out with Archbishop Charles Palmer buckle
4: Um I would, I would like to ask um, um, Bishop that um, do we have any particular challenges in this present 21st century that may pose to someone who is trying to be a leader or, someone, or a leader?
2: We definitely have to admit mm-hmm. that the 21st century is very unique. The word globalization, in all its um, array or gamut, is that which is the biggest challenge because it is both positive and, and, and negative yeah. today we live in the virtual presence of everywhere and at the same time mm. the americans are voting for obama and mccain mm. and a Ghanaian kid sitting in some little village by the help of the transistor radio or our tv or internet depending on how the kid is endowed he or she participates in what is happening over there. Absolutely. We are living here. Look at what happened during the tsunami in, uh, Indonesia. in the Indonesia. We saw it here and we, we, we empathized with them. We we, were, we all rose up to do what has to be done. Those are the positive challenges of this era that we live really in a global village. You know, where anything that happens here in Ghana... Mm -hmm. has repercussions in many other parts of the world, even more than we know. Look at the meltdown on Wall Street. And the repercussions it's had in Asia, it's had in Europe, I would like to believe it's having here. So these are some of the positive things that virtually everything is right in your face. And and what makes it more frightening is that those who know how to take opportunity Mm. of these chances, are the ones who are making big gigantic strides of development and the rest are being left behind and sadly or sometimes they are being exploited that is where I get worried because uh, globalization without a face tends to think of only the maximization of power and profit and pleasure at the expense of the most important component of globalization that is the human person human resource mm. and his or her human dignity that cannot and should not be negotiated is inalienable
4: and um, therefore um how can we ex- respond to these challenges how can we exercise ourselves such that we h- exhibit leadership in, in 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 wherever we are
2: in fact in the global world now we need a serious global moral and ethical leadership wow where a decision can be made that this is not good for human consumption simply because it is not good and can be tackled immediately. So there is the need for a serious global, ethical and moral leadership. That is the first thing. I believe that our own countries, especially those of us who come from these very small countries where we are no powers as such, we need a leadership that will also be very conscious of the fact that whereas we are looking forward to becoming you know players in the global world they should not just allow us to be exposed to anything that comes from the global world that may not be you know um um, good for us you know good for us because we are either not prepared for it good for us because it, it can be used to exploit us. Good for us because, uh, you know, um, um, call it this way, um, we, we, we can become the toys in the hands of very big powers and multinational concerns who 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 have lost sometimes their sense of, uh, you
1: know, moral judgment. Okay. Okay. This is Springboard on Joy 997 FM. We're talking leadership in the 21st century, and we are very fortunate to have with us a big role model. Babina from Koforudia sent this text message. Your guest tonight is my role model because he makes himself all things to all people. In this case, one is able to live with all kinds of people with different character, no matter who they are. Thank you, Babina from Koforudia. Archbishop. this is somebody telling you what their perspective is about your leadership.
2: Actually, she is only quoting from my coat of arms. You know, when you become a bishop, you, are, you choose a coat of arms from the scriptures, that becomes more or less um, um, what you want to live your life by. Mm, mm. When I was asked to come to Accra in March 2005, looking at Accra, a cosmopolitan area, with all the Ghanaian tribes here, looking at Accra, uh, inter-religious, you know, um, complexity, with all religions here, and everyone has a right and a role here to play. Looking at Accra, with all the political complexity that it offers, the social, various social strata that we have here, and the rest of it. You know, I I sat, prayed, and I said to myself, I would choose. You know, from uh, Saint Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I think is it First uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-two, where Saint Paul says, "I make myself all things, all things to all, all men." men in order to win some for Christ. Fantastic. And I chose it as my motto. So it's in Latin, omnibus, omnia, factus, sum. You know, it, it, it encapsulates it. And it is true. This is what I'm trying to live by. Wow. To make myself all things to all men, all peoples, all tribes, all political parties, all, uh, you know, cultural peoples, you know, different ages and the rest because I like people. Mm. In fact, my hobby is collecting people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, this is a no. very <laughs> unique <laughs> hobby. And um, We were fortunate, as we said, we found out about your likes and we found out that you like children, you like young people. And so we hit the road and spoke to young people to find out the understanding about leadership, and you made a very important point when you're talking about globalization. The fact that young people even know about leadership as is being practiced all over the world, and you will find some of the insights inc- 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 very amazing because it speaks to the subject you just mentioned. Let's hear what the young people have to say.
5: A leader is someone who leads people into doing things the right way or the wrong way. A leader is somebody who is disciplined. A leader must be somebody who doesn't drink, and a leader must be motivational. A good leader, like somebody in the company, is he's always giving. He's not swell. He's not furious all the time. He helps people. He understands that there's problems. And he helps his company grow by doing all those things. And a good leader is always, like, let's say, Barack Obama. He's not American and he's a Kenyan. And his father is Kenyan. His mother is American. But he's still, he's still trying to lead America to a proper and peaceful place. That's, that's how a leader should be. They should be giving kind, um, prosperous. They should know the law. They should know their history. They shouldn't make up things. And when it's time for a leader to step down or to start consulting or to give up, uh, not to give up, like to, his time is over, he should do it. He shouldn't be like Mugabe um, um, and all those people who have corrupt their African countries and their other countries, let's say President Bush, sending um, things to, sending guns and things to Iraq, instead of using that money to build schools and things for, the, for his country, he has bankrupted America because of his selfishness. Leadership is when one is chosen to control a group of people. Being trusted by them, being a leader for a country, you should fight for your country. He comes earlier to job before everybody. He has a lot of inspiration in the job. If he's your leader and you mistreat him, one day you need him, and he too, when you need him, he won't be
3: there for you. So treat your leader very good.
1: Wow, and if you're impressed with these children, we spoke to them from the Soul Clinic International, St. Paul's Lutheran School, and the Ring Road East Primary School in the Kanda Cluster of Schools. Agbishop, are you surprised? Ten-year-olds.
2: I am not. Children speak the truth, nothing but the truth, and they've told it. They told us what they expect of us. Mm-hmm. So we to and
1: We've
2: got... <laughs> oh, on to save They they, they, don't, they don't, you know, sweeten it up and uh, they don't... Uh, no, they, they are frank and honest. And I believe that when you hear children, um, it, you should immediately stop and think. If even you think somebody must have told them or something of the sort, it is up to you to make good use of the critical assessment they are making. And um, I admire the kids for that.
1: They touched on their own list of things that they expect from the leader and they mentioned leading people in the right way with discipline. And how critical is that one as a leadership attribute?
2: It definitely is important. A leader cannot be perfect, but the leader must be somebody who is seen striving after perfection. He or she must be somebody who is working hard at virtue to acquire it so that he or she can be an example of how difficult it is, but at the same time go along with the people whom he or she is leading, you see. So, I believe that is it. Discipline is definitely important. Mm. I, I always say that we need, first and foremost, to accept being disciplined in the beginning, like children, from loving parents, we acquire it through the spirit of obedience
3: yeah.
2: until gradually it becomes self-discipline so that you are propelled from within. You are no more propelled from without because there is a cane or there is a toffee or there is a policeman or something of the sort. You just do it naturally because it is good. And in discipline, what also comes hand in hand with it is that it helps you also to, to begin to look at the fact that your freedom should stop where somebody else's rights begin, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, uh, discipline also leads you into being able to accept the fact that the world is not yours alone mm-hmm. and that it is for all of us and that together we can do better. So, um, the kids have mentioned it, you know, there is more to discipline, unfortunately, than many people often think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You're listening to the Archbishop Charles Palmer Backel talking about leadership by example, talking about the family and talking about mentoring instead of leaders being born. Listeners here on Springboard, we are making an audacious attempt to redefine leadership and present us with nuggets of wisdom that we can cling onto and fashion our lives into the kind of leader that God wants us to be. Archbishop, let's hone in on your favorite subject, Ghana.
2: It's not my favorite subject only. It is my only heritage from God. Who's the Ghanaian? And I don't want to trade it in for anything. Who is the Ghanaian? Maybe to put it negatively, the Ghanaian is a person who is so blessed in many, many, many ways and unfortunately is so um, blind to what his or her gifts from God are. And have been to date when you travel out of this country and people meet you and you say you are Ghanaian they they make you understand that there is something unique about you something special about you that you don't even know Mm. I mean as that now do you know how many countries are looking up to Ghana for us to do the best we can and it's just to tell you what expectation they have of us. You know, when you go to conferences as a Ghanaian, and you stand up and you speak, they are amazed at your English. They are amazed at your erudition. They are amazed at the wisdom that you can, you know, really bring forth and the rest of it. How many Ghanaians have not been given all sorts of positions around the place? I don't say other countries have not been given. They have also been given. But what I want is that the Ghanaian should be a person who knows and appreciates what he or she has as blessings. We've been a very blessed nation, and we must thank God for it, and we must work harder to make it a paradise for all of us. You see, the name Ghana, mm-hmm. from Arabic, actually means land of gold. It has the same origin as the word Guinea. Mm-hmm. That's where they are, You know, it comes from. And because of the gold that was found in and around this area, beginning from... Way up beyond Mali and the rest of where the old Ghana Empire was. That is where the name Ghana came from, which Kwame Nkrumah chose to call this country. Ghana is a land that is blessed. Blessed in its people. Mm -hmm. Blessed in mineral resources Mm -hmm. and natural resources. Blessed also in its spiritual... depth Resources. And historically, we've been through 51 years of a very eventful period and when we look back we can only thank god for the blessings that we have received today so the Ghanaian is just a person who is blessed that's all i can say
1: so your summary is blessed but blind sadly so sadly so so as a minister normally when, when you talk about the blind you talk about the opening of the eyes Um how can the eyes of ghanaians be open to this blessing i would wish
2: we don't sit And only compare ourselves with the good sides of Europe and America as if some of those good sides are not found here. Because there are many, many, many good things here in this country. You see, um, there are good countries, there are good things everywhere. But what the Ghanaian needs to know is that this is my heritage. The Lord God created Ghana and he saw it was very good and put me here and the Lord God put me here because he saw I was also good. And therefore, if the Lord has entrusted so much to me as a Ghanaian, then I think it is a charge that the Lord God has given me Mm. to make what I have into the best for myself, because that is what is mine, not anything else anywhere. Wow. So what would you call our greatest asset as a nation? The Ghanaian people. Mm. The Ghanaian people for me are our greatest wealth, riches. I won't call it just human resource because then it looks like you are only looking at quantities. Mm. Mm-hmm. I am looking at the Ghanaian person as quality. You now, let me say this. I was telling you I feel very proud to be a totally mixed
1: Right. Southern Ghana, absolutely.
2: I have sat in my studies. I did in my academic work to, in anthropology. I've looked at almost all the tribes of Ghana, and all the tribes of Ghana are very mixed up,
3: yeah,
2: very interrelated. And centuries before now, the tribes even had embassies to various places. The, the Avis had people who were the ambassadors in the Asante Hines, um, what do you call it? Courtyard. A courtyard. And likewise, the Asante Hines courtyard had emissaries in, you know, in Avis land. They had also emissaries up in the north, among the Dagomba, among the Mamprusi, and the rest of it. The, the Enzimas, for instance, they call them Enzima Kotoko, and we have Asanti Kotoko, it's the same Kotoko. Mm. Just to say how much they are related. If I'm not mistaken, there's even a Nakotoko. to tell you the interrelationship. Um, take it, any of the tribes, you know, we are so mixed up, we are so related that we can say sincerely we are brothers and sisters in this country. And that is one of the wealth that I think we will do very well to treasure. I, I don't think I'll be worried about somebody saying he's a pure... Uh, from this tribe or from that tribe or from that tribe I would not be worried but the fact that you are from that tribe or that tribe should not blind you to the beauty of other tribes to the culture of other tribes and when you are open to these tribes believe it or not you become very much so uh, a fine you know hybrid
1: when you think about Ghana in your mind's eye where do you see Ghana 20 years from now?
2: Oh, God. Where do I see Ghana 20 years from now? Um, if I should use the terminologies that are being used, I expect us not only to be a middle-income uh, nation, we should go beyond middle income. Okay. You know, and not only is the income that is for me most important because unfortunately, uh, thanks to the Adam Smith theory and uh, of, of economics, everything gets measured. Development is measured only in terms of economics. I think that form of measure is even gradually growing bankrupt now yeah. 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 I mean if you look at what is happening in the Western economic system and the rest of it so there is the need for a certain form of paradigm where the human person and the human society should not only be measured by how much it has in terms of material well-being and the rest of it but by how much humanity it has developed and evolved To be able to to accommodate even the most abject poverty through a sense of sharing, Mm. solidarity, through a sense of participation, through a sense of compassion and the rest of it. I think we've developed the outside of the human person. In 20 years now, I expect to see a certain development that should take into consideration, developing the inner person. Wow! And that is where I believe churches, religious bodies must really rise up to... That type of development that would be very crucial. In fact, it is already starting. Mm. You know, um, there are very few people who have courage sometimes to stand out and say, look, 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 look. There is more to just a human being than how much money he or she has in his or her okay. pocket, Absolutely. and more than what you know, a cell phone or you know what do you call it, a TV or a Porsche car.
1: You know, how would you describe your own leadership style?
2: how would I you know when when people think I'm a leader sometimes I'm overwhelmed I've told you I think that I I love people yes and people are my hobby and so I I love to stop by with anybody who, who who stops me to talk to the person to listen to the person to see what I can do for the person and um I have realized that when you do that, people are also very ready and willing to give you the benefit of their, you know, their knowledge, to give you their, they they, they throw their assets into your way. And together, we are, both of us are enriched and we can move a step forward. You understand? So um, it's not been easy, but um, I don't, I've never felt daunted because... I I must be honest with you. I believe I'm one of the most spoiled persons on earth. (laughs) God has spoiled me so much because anywhere I've been to, I've met people who are so beautiful, so friendly, so nice, ready to offer me anything that I have asked for, you know. And so what I have tried to do is when they offer me, I give it to somebody else also who needs it because I really don't need what they offer me. But what they offer me, which I need most, is their smiles, Mm -hmm. their joys, they are tears also because they make me weep. I, I, I easily weep when I see people suffering, people who are in pain,
1: and Talking I. wish We that, could yeah, do something. During the for NRC them. period, there was yeah. one very significant moment that yeah. caught the attention of Ghanaians when you <laughs> went over to somebody who was so mu- in so much in so much pain. pain. I remember. Yes. Did that come to you naturally?
2: Um, I I think my tears are not too far away myself, <laughs> so I would say it came very naturally, you know. But um, at the National Reconciliation Commission. One of the tasks that I realized was ours, was to empathize with the sufferings of Ghana. People who said they had suffered, listen to them, irrespective of, in quotes, whether they were telling the full truth or not. Yeah. The person is telling me, I have been hurt, I've been hurt by the country, I've been hurt by various things that have happened to me and the rest of it. Mine is to listen and to empathize and having empathized with the person now to help the person step out of that sense of self-pity of woundedness and you know hurt and to see whether the person can stand on his or her own feet in a more dignified manner and start doing something better and i believe that we've met we've seen so many people who have come out to say Because of the way you shared and participated in our pain, not only me, the members of the National Reconciliation Commission outside the TV cameras, because of the way we shared with them their pain and their suffering, many left the place happy and ready to do something for themselves. Once in a while, I run into somebody who says, Bishop, I did not get anything by way of compensation, but just the fact that you listened to me. Just the fact that the National Reconciliation Commission gave me a chance to talk to Ghanaians and to tell them how I felt, how hurt I was. I am going on with my life and I feel far better. A burden has been lifted off my shoulders. Wow. So great. this is for me what I believe is my, my style of leadership. You know,
1: Archbishop, coming back to what you just said, it just reminds me of the three key attributes you gave at the beginning of the program. A shepherd. A leader as a shepherd must know his sheep. A leader is committed and must be willing to die. And a leader must be able to keep the strong and the weak together. And it just gives me an idea that what you are saying is a reflection of what you believe. Now, unknown to you, this morning, Springboard spent the morning at your parish, the Holy Spirit Cathedral, and caught up with worshippers as well as members of your family and put to them the question of your leadership style. Listen to what they have to see. You are tuning to your Super Hits Radio, Joy 99.7. Stay with us. Oh, yeah.
4: He is a very effective leader he comes down to everybody's level and he has the ability to make you feel, you know, wanted. You know, and, uh, I think he's, we like him very much because of this. because nobody, he's, although he's so high, he comes, he's able to come down to our level for us to, you know, feel part of the parish change. I think I had the privilege of um, experiencing him at uh, Pope John Secondary School when he was then um, in charge of uh, youth formation. And I believe that if today we have Who were my mates in school? I think it was because he also gave them that kind of right leadership. He was a role model for most of them. And I believe some of them have testified to it that becoming priest was because they saw him and they saw how he did it. And then also I believe even in social context, I should say that um, he was born a leader someone who is a go-getter and he makes sure he comes along with with you you may disagree with him in the initial stages but later on you realize that that is the right path and you also try to um, follow him i believe also that one of the few things that at times do not make him comfortable is when someone stands between him and um, a kind of development a goal right he often finds a little bit difficult because it's like I'm not trying to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. He's always been a great brother. ready there for all of us. When there's even any quarrel, he does not side with anybody. We all love him. I cannot say any one of us had anything against him as siding with this person against this one. That I can't say for sure. The biggest impact is to love everybody and you know be at peace with everybody and with himself. So he's a peaceful person who loves everybody. He gives joy to everybody. So it's like all is well when it, you are with him, giving joy.
1: all I can see mixed reactions from the archbishop. Tell me, could you have described yourself any better? <laughs> i I remember
2: once somebody asked me, who are you? And I said, I'm a clown of God. <laughs> and I think I still remain by that. You know, a clown, if you watch a clown, um, recent, of late we don't have them very often. But a clown actually was not somebody who was. just fooling. Normally they painted their face one side black, one side white. And in the black part, they painted a white eye smiling, you know. And then in the black part, uh, you know, the the white white part, they painted a black eye weeping. Just to say that life is made up of, you know, shades and light. And it's made up of, uh, you know, tears and joys. And it is made up of the ability to keep the two together, you know. And a clown normally reflects to you what he or she wants you to think about and what he or she wants you to do. So I've always called myself a clown of God. uh, I love acting, you know you would be surprised to hear that at one time or the other, when I was training to become a priest and, uh, and I was asked, so if you don't become a priest, what would you like to do? Mm. One of the things I wanted to do was to be an actor. If I didn't become a priest, I either become a lawyer, an actor or a diplomat. And I think having become a priest, I'm doing all three <laughs> I together.
1: think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Archbishop, your message to the nation.
2: I have been saying something very simple and I'll say it in five small points. The caption is Happy are the peacemakers For they shall be called Sons and daughters of God That is the caption And therefore I am encouraging Every Ghanaian Politician Or the ordinary person On the street To be one A messenger of peace Mm. Two An architect Of peace Three A builder Of peace Four a restorer of peace. And five, a crusader or an activist of peace. I believe that if we would do these five things, being messengers of peace wherever people are found, being architects, that means thinking and trying to bring about peace wherever we are, building peace, really you know, engaging in the work of making peace happen and then restoring peace where it has unfortunately been destroyed because a few places there have been violence we should therefore restore peace and going all out to die so that there might be peace this is what we mean you know so that there'll be peace a crusader is somebody who lays down his life to bring peace i believe if we do that ghana will know peace so happy are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons and daughters of god And they are the sons and daughters of Ghana.
0: Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at N E Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email arbet.okran at icloud.com Or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 249999000. You may also subscribe to Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed.